Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hello and welcome to Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. And today I have Kat Baldwin joining me. I'm super excited about our conversation. She's got a new book out called The Forgiveness Workshop from Higher Self Spirit. So those of you who don't know Kat, Kat has been in practice for 22 years. She is a vibrational frequency practitioner, life, soul, and spiritual advisor, Ascension School spiritual teacher, certified Chios master teacher, and author and speaker. As author, as owner of the Wellness Sanctuary Spiritual Teachings and Healing Center, she is a facilitator of programming to heal the four body system that's mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. As an intuitive channel, clairsentient and clairaudient, she is in communication with her spirit team of Archangel Metatron, Anubis, Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, Yeshua Ben, Joseph, and members of the Galactic Council to co-create services for personal sovereignty and soul purpose living. Kat, I love that. What a great bio. I love your list there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited thanks for joining me. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Excited. Thank you. Super happy to be with a a fellow sister of light. Yes. Same. When I was (laughs) doing my research about you and listening to some of the stuff that you've spoken about and going over your book, we're definitely kindred spirits. So I'm excited about our conversation. We're going to be diving in and learning all about it. So let's jump right in and talk about what led you to writing this book. Um. You know, I don't know if I even had after the the first one I know was always coming and that's divine gifts of healing my life with spirit. And that happened after I had a near fatal car accident. And, you know, what it is to be connected to spirit when adversity like that strikes and the attitude that comes with it and that it is a blessing. So I knew the first one was no problem right? I was doing a uh, group with women. uh, And we did this group for two and a half years. And we met every Sunday for two hours. And what had happened before this, this grouping was Archangel Metatron had said to me, you know, there's a lot of people that you haven't forgiven. And and he says, you think you've forgiven them on an ego level, but not on a higher self and spiritual level. You know, I'm like, really? So I had to sit with that. And I brought it to the gals because I have a spiritual community. You know, I mean, we do so much work together. And he basically said to me, he says, you know, instead of asking what has someone done to you, ask what someone's done for you. And I'm like, Then you got to ask yourself, you know, did they do their a good job? Did they do? And if they did, what did you learn from that? What was the lesson behind that? Right. 
And the biggest thing I think that moved me towards this was he said to me, he goes, overcome your human response of judgment, blame, and self-righteousness and unconditional love and gratitude, all that has been provided for you. And I'm like, hmm. So I brought it to the group. That's how we started Forgiveness Workshop. And we were at it two and a half years. And then when we were done, the whole time I was taking notes and I didn't even know why, right? Following my intuition, I'm a clear audience, so I can hear when they're telling me stuff, right? It's like having a conversation all day long. I got family with me and somebody's always talking to me about something. <laughs> so they said, you know, the book's already written. You just need to, you already wrote the book. We wrote it. It's done. It needs to get out there. People are in dire need of what it means to forgive on this level. And this was, I think this was, I can't remember when I exactly finished it, but now looking particularly now under the circumstances that we've been under for over two years, the level of forgiveness that needs to come to create the new earth, to create the golden age, it's got to be in place. And we're the ones responsible for generating that, you know, people, people don't necessarily know what that means. They think they've forgiven people, but usually when they forgive people, they eliminate a relationship person anymore. And then they shove down the incident. There's no opportunity for boundaries to be created or learning boundaries, right? And then the, the person is usually shoved out of their lives. Well, that, that's not forgiveness yeah. at all. <laughs> so, you know, when people ask me, well, what's the difference? We don't understand. Well, that is the difference. Ego forgiveness is really not forgiving what occurred and really not embracing what occurred as a possibility for you to learn, to empower you to learn your lessons, to become a better person. And if you truly want to forgive this person and give them an opportunity, what true forgiveness is would basically be a statement such as, I'm going to do my absolute best to not allow this to occur again. And they make that effort, right? Right. So just saying I'm sorry is not that no. can. If you don't, then you don't. But the fact of the matter is, the more that you hold on to any type of, and you know this because you work on people, the more you hold on to any negative emotion or anything that has, has occurred that stays within your body, you are the one that's going to end up with the problem, not the other person. It's you because you and I both know it's going to go to a cellular level. Exactly. That's what happens. You know, so that's really how this all, you know, I was really into workshop. It was a great experience and I got what he was telling us and, and amazing things happened during workshop. And the book does involve 
a good deal of everybody's stories that occurred while we were doing workshop. So it's not just me explaining this, it's shares from people that were in workshop with me. And then when it was done, you know, like I said, hey, you know, this needs to be in book form. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> because basically, I don't know about you, but my, my whole life is, is a little kid. And it's kind of like when I get, get requested, we co-create with spirit, right? Yes. So when they request something with me, no. <laughs> I very rarely say no because it's a co-creation and it's for our highest and greatest, right? right. So it's not just for who we're here, it's for us too. Because we get the benefit of this as well, being of this, right? right? So we benefit too. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So that's how it all came about. I don't know if you if you saw the cover. You know, Ozark did a beautiful job with the cover. Beautiful yeah, it's dove. beautiful with the dove on there and the gradient back sky like a sunset. That's nice. Pretty. Yeah, I told them I told them I wanted a dove and, you know, that's what they came up with. Beautiful. In the beginning, you said that um, Archangel <laughs> Metatron said, what's someone done for you, not what was done to you? Mm-hmm. I like that. Elaborate a little bit more on that for our audience. Okay, this is, this is what's hard for a human being because not only does the inner child get in the way of this and all of your programming and all of your emotional trauma, which is really why the ego is created to begin with, right? Really to protect us. It's, it's not to hurt us in any way. It, it was created when we were children as a protection mechanism, a survival mechanism. But we're out of that energy now. We survive, okay? So it's very difficult for somebody to because you're almost taught that. It's almost an instinctual defense mechanism as a human, as the human condition, probably back to cavemen of protection and response and, you know, defensive. And so there is no room to see that in order, which everything is, in divine order, Every single thing that occurs is for your highest and greatest good. And it's very difficult for people to take responsibility um, and not blame other people. Okay. So to say, you know, what somebody has done for you, and I don't know if you heard of um, Robert Schwartz. Robert Schwartz wrote, um, three beautiful books. The Soul's Gift is the first one I think that I read, okay? He talks about that we created a blueprint before we were born and we creating our blueprint with our soul group and in, in no matter what lifetime, a particular person in this lifetime might have been your husband, might have been your brother in another lifetime, your sister, whatever. It's your soul group, right? 
you're standing there with your ascended masters and your archangels and your soul group, and you know you still have lessons to learn because you have to it happening in this lifetime. Okay, so you ask members of your soul group sometimes to do very painful things for you so that you can learn your lessons when you're down here with that person. Now, I tell my people, the people that are those are your master teachers. Okay, now think about how much that person loved you to agree to come down here with you and do the things you asked so that you could progress in your ascension process. Mm -hmm. They themselves might've had to stay in a third dimensional energy during this process and now have to maybe come back here to do their healing work. But they did that for you because you asked them to. Possibly not honor that. And I know, listen, Liz, look, we both know people go through horrendous experiences. We're not discounting that. We're not discounting the pain. We're not discounting heinous acts that have happened to people. Discounting that. And I'm not telling them it doesn't, it doesn't matter or that, you know, what's wrong with you? You need to let that go. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you to take a different perspective and take responsibility for your perspective of why something might have occurred the way it occurred, right? So instead of, and, and where people really get upset with me when I say to them, no one is to blame for how you feel. Oh, man. <laughs> I get arrows through I'll tell you, people sitting in the chair across from me, you should see the looks I get. But here's the deal. Think about it. You know, are you a victim or are you empowered? Which one do you want, right? So if no one is to blame for how you feel, what if, you know, no person, place, or thing had any type of, of how do I put this? If you're totally responsible for what your life looks like every day, which you are. This is what people don't get. Okay. This is the hardest thing for people to understand. You are the one generating what's happening. Okay. So when I say no one is to blame for how you feel, are you not the one that's in charge of your reaction or your perspective? Or are you willing to give so much of your power away to someone else that you're so committed to them being wrong and you being right that you totally have a total loss of power, total loss of power there, right? Well, then you're going to remain in victim mode. There's no empowerment going on there. And how are you going to release that? You're not. So, you know, sometimes people are so committed to being right that it's very self-destructive. They just have to be right. growth and expansion and and you know well as i do this lifetime is about totally about healing we're all here for healing in this lifetime that is our number one priority is our healing it's particularly light workers but everybody right? right 
So yeah, I get some push. Because the other thing about forgiveness is I do it in my office. I do it one-on-one. -on -one. I do it with groups. I do it over Zoom. Um, I'm working on, I'm thinking about it, putting it online. And then, you know, including counseling sessions with it as people are working the program so they can have access you know, because they're going to get stuck. But the thing that's cool about it is in the back of my book, you probably saw this. There's a workbook in the back of my book which tells them, gives them guidance step-by-step step on what to do here. First do this and do this. And, you know, when somebody works with me and they have the book, working the workbook is usually when we'll do some, um, I do soul and, and um, I do advisement, spiritual advisement, right? Which is all champion. with the with reading self I don't know what do you think I think some people but yeah no it's it helps to have support right it always helps to have support so yeah yeah it does help to have support for sure and that would be something that would be it sounds like be really nice with your program you talked a little bit about self-empowerment so how can we use forgiveness with the knowledge that everything that we sat down and decided before we <laughs> incarnated <laughs> to happen in this lifetime how can we use all of that for self-empowerment because you have to take responsibility. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't sit here and go, well, that guy did that. And then my mother was like this. And then my, that's not very empowering. Okay. It's like, look, we, we all are wounded in our children. It's just a matter of, <laughs> we are. Some stuff, right? So if you can understand that, and that's a whole nother conversation, the whole inner child thing, I've got a whole program to, to, to nurture that, that person into becoming the new parent for that inner child to heal that, right? And give that inner child what that inner child didn't receive. But empowerment is about taking responsibility for yourself and taking responsibility for your emotions and your feelings and your perspective and your responses to things in your life. So forgiveness, when people go through this workshop, the first thing that they do is they make a list of who they feel they need to forgive. Okay. The thing that I have them do is actually pick the, the top five people and write a letter to that person. Now, here's the thing that was really interesting. When we did this, only like one of us put ourselves on the list, on the forgiveness list. Listen, we all need to be at the top of that list. I, I, who you are, we, 
We all need to be at the top of the list because how you can't forgive somebody else if you don't forgive yourself. It's not possible, right? Just like you can't love yourself or love anyone else unless you have the self-love. So when they get to that point and they write those letters, I, yeah. so I do teach a heart-based consciousness meditation. that you're seeing are, can only be found, found in your heart space. When they go into their heart space, I really take the time a letter, but really be with, would you be with, would you be who you are today without what that, that person provided for you? So that's basically what I'm asking to do. Write a letter to yourself, acknowledging how amazing you are, how everything that you have been through has brought you to this space, how you have become this person, okay? And we all become who we are through our challenges, right? Through our challenges, how we navigate our challenges. So you write the letters, and it or like my mom and dad were very unloving. They were not nurturing people. Um, if they told me to turn right, I turned left. It was a constant butting of heads. But if my mother wasn't like that, I wouldn't be who I am today. I'm very clear about that. Okay. I asked her to be like that with me. And she did that for me out of love, okay? So when you write those letters, you start to see, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, I get it. And then after that, I ask people, put the emotion that's attached to that person, write it next to that person's name. So when we go into meditation, we release the emotion. We're with it. If we have to cry, we accept it. We embrace it. We love it. It's okay, right? And then we do some work around um, releasing that emotion, whether it's through energy work or whether it's through, I use magnetics and stuff to release things from people's bodies. So where you really, really know that you've succeeded is when you can think about that person and you're no longer negatively impacted by an emotion. It's gone. And then you get to the point where it's like you go in your heart and you're like, wow, I get it. I really do appreciate my mom being that way with me. You know, I love her and I thank her for that. She's gone now. But, you know, you see things so differently than how we've been taught to see things by society and that conversation and that programming and the ego. Right. So that's empowerment, you know, that's really love is about empowerment and empowerment is love and there's no greater force and there's no greater energy or emotion. I agree. So yeah. true. I'm hearing that it's really about coming out of victimhood 
Can you talk a little bit more about that? You know, coming out of victim, taking responsibility for your own life and your co-creation here on the planet and, you know, how that can change your life. Oh, my gosh. I mean, have people just sit with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, when you're in victimhood, no matter what you know, done intentionally to you and people are out to get you and this is such a negative place and oh my God, the constant negativity and, and the reduction in your vibrational frequency in your body, I can't even imagine. Um, you're constantly on alert. I mean, I have people that I've worked with for years that in the flight or fight mode from the level of abuse that occurred as children. And I get that. Um, but to see, to see that with somebody, they, they are never capable of joy. It's impossible for them to be joyful because they're afraid to be joyful because if they're joyful, something's going to happen and it's taken away from them because that has been their life experience. But what they don't understand is because they remain in this frequency, in this low frequency, in this dense energy, they just keep manifesting it. So it just keeps coming to them and they remain in that perpetual victim mode. So sometimes it's really difficult during sessions to get people to take responsibility and see that you are actually the one generating this. Now, of course, they've learned the behavior in childhood, okay? So unless you show them a different way of being and that it's safe to have a different way of being, and some of them won't let it go. I mean, there's so much fear there that they won't let go of the victim. I stay in victim mode to, for pity, for attention. Um, they want somebody else to take care of them. Um, they won't take responsibility for generating what's happened. You know, all you can do is, and you know this from working, working with people, you know, I ask them, how would it be if you got to choose every single day and every single moment of your life, what that looked like. And if you woke up in the morning and you chose to be happy and you generated the frequency of that day with your attitude, how would that be? I mean, oh my God, that would be awesome. So then I look at the person and I'm like, well, who's stopping you? Is there somebody stopping you from doing that? No, stopping you. So then we've got to get into, you know, it's funny because people ask me, they're like, you know, can't you, sometimes I'll get a new person and they're like, I'm, you know, I'll have one treatment and I should be good. Right. And I'm like, look, I work with Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. Okay. So I'm not going to touch your robe and everything's going to be gone. This is a process. And can I, determine, I, I know you get this list. Can I determine how long that's going to take for somebody? No, I can't determine that. All I can do is facilitate it for you. And then it's, it's your responsibility to do the work when you're not with me. All the things and the tools we're giving you attitude, your thought forms, 
you're eating, everything we're teaching you to raise that frequency. I can't be with you 24 hours a day and make you do that stuff. So in essence, you know, people, that's the personal responsibility and empowerment thing. It's like, wow, okay, if you really do want to feel wonderful and happy and joyful, you've got to make some changes. You've got to eat better. You've got to love yourself. You need to exercise. You need to do essential oils. You need to watch your thought forms. You need to talk to yourself in a loving manner. There's a lot of things that go into this on a daily basis. It's not go see somebody and then if they tell you, oh, you only need to see me once and you're going to be good. And I tell my people, look, if somebody tells you I'm in the other direction, because that's ego-based. Okay, that is not truly from spirit, because none of us can tell you, this is a very personal journey. And none of us can tell you how long this is going to take. We're just here to love you through it. We're here to facilitate it and guide you through it. That's what we're here for. And we're honored to do that. But they got to do their own work, right? This is the you know, this, this is the hardest part is getting people to understand this takes work. This is a process. This doesn't happen in a week. It can last your whole lifetime. And when I tell people that, they look at me and I'm like, look, what else do you have to do that's any better than that? Tell me. How could you think that anything is any more important than that, no matter how long it takes you? So what? Why not? You know, why not do it? Otherwise, you're just walking around miserable and you're in a fog and you're in your ego and you know, life has no meaning. So I don't know which one you want to do. <laughs> it's your choice. You know, right. I agree. You know, stepping out of our stories and stepping out of victim and you know, really taking responsibility is really where the joy lies. Yes. Yeah. And that's where the forgiveness is, right? Because if we're not forgiving, we're only really at ourselves. We're only torturing ourselves with, you know, whatever thought forms or thoughts are arising in our mind. And they could totally be unconscious. Thoughts can be. And you've shoved it down so far. That it's just running in your background. You live your life that way and you're totally unconscious of it. That's very common. That people just are totally unconscious of what's going on. Um, I wanted to, 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 I want to be sure I told the name of the book. The Robert Schwartz books, Your Soul's Gift and Your Soul's Plan is the second one. They are really, really And the thing that's cool about his work too, is that there's people in the back of his book, just like myself, that you can contact them and they actually have the gift of taking people back to the original room and the blueprint manifestation. They're able to, and I I really want to do that myself. So they're able to take you back to that point, which I think is really, really cool because then you, you get, you know, it's kind of like I get my Akashic records read like twice a year because I'm, I'm looking for confirmation, but I'm looking for guidance too. I'm kind of, you know, am I in the right, what am I doing? 
helps. Again, it always helps to have support. You know, if you're taking on the facilitation of your own healing, um, go to people that, that, you know, can help you with that facilitation, people that are gifted in, in facilitating that for you. Don't do that journey by yourself. You don't have to, you don't have to do that. So those are, you know, just, just as a side note for people, uh, those books are absolutely amazing. Um, he talks about some very difficult, difficult subjects. Um, you know, people that have been sexually abused and children that have been sexually abused. He talks about that subject as much as he didn't want to talk about it. Spirit had, had requested that he pursue that. And um, again, this is more opportunity and more facilitation for deep healing of trauma, which is really, which is really what I specialize in. I'm a, I'm a, um, I do deep trauma and residual life experience healing with people. That's really what my forte is and forgiveness facilitation and, um, you know, channeling for people. What do they need? What direction do we need to take? What class do you, might, you, might you need to take with me? And that's that. But again, you know, it's commitment. Somebody has to be completely committed to their work, to making progress, and to taking responsibility. Yeah, they really do have to be committed it's fascinating what you're talking about, you know, from this gentleman's books about, you know, we're incarnating for these lessons, like connecting this to forgiveness is so important because it's what's happening to us that we can use to help us heal and grow. Exactly. So obviously, you know, as I said before, before we came down here, we have a blueprint and we knew whether it was past life occurrences, whether it was multiverse, we're in a multiverse where we're multidimensional, something's occurring in those particular planes. You know, before we decided to take physical form again, we knew that we had healing that needed to be facilitated and done that had not occurred in these past lives. And those of us that are light workers, you know, many of us over lifetimes have been persecuted. We've been burned at the stake. We've been put in prisons. We've been, you know, for our gifts because people were fearful of what we were capable of doing. So that energy can certainly be brought over with you into this lifetime. Any trauma from any other lifetime, a past life can be brought over with you to this lifetime. And we obviously had knowledge about that before we created the blueprint for this lifetime, because we knew we wanted to heal that. We wanted to confront that. That's the only way it's going to happen. And it's just exactly what you said. So something really difficult happens, but did that something really difficult have to happen in order for us to be able to address the core issue that needed to be healed? More than likely, yes, because we got triggered. And people, that's the other thing, you know, sometimes people get discouraged when they do this work, but here, here's the deal. If you keep getting triggered 
by something or someone. That means that just basically means there's more work to do around that emotion. That's what that means, that there is a root energetic cause for that feeling that let's try and dig a little bit, go back. Where does the forgiveness need to occur there um, for you to finally have peace around it? But yes, it does, right? How are you going to facilitate healing? It's just like I say to people too, do you actually think that you could be on an ascension path if you had a life like Marsha Brady? No, you would not be, okay? Because you'd be so content with everything in a vanilla life and everything all the time and having everything you want and no trauma and no nothing and look how pretty I am and, you know, staying in social constraint and social agreement. You would never ever pursue any type of healing because you wouldn't think that you needed it. So it's those of us, it's funny, it's those of us with the most baggage. <laughs> It's kind of funny. It's so true. It is. It's the most baggage. It's just really, really, wow. We, we get some great gems and we, we've got some heavy duty trauma. And it's like, well, again, would I be who I am today if I did not experience that trauma? No, I would not. Okay. I had a horrendous childhood. I grew up in an alcoholic family. Um, my dad left when I was four, my mother married uh, a man that was an alcoholic. Um, in essence, what ended up happening is most of my life, I had relationships that I was attracted to men that were emotionally unavailable because I was trying to fill the, the void that my father left. Okay. So, you know, does somebody know that when they're 16? Does somebody know that when they're 18? No. What ends up happening is you keep making the same mistake and you keep getting triggered until you finally get a eureka moment. You're like, wait, what? I got to stop this. Where is this coming from? So those traumatic experiences have to happen for you to grow. It's that's why I also tell people, you know, adversity equals thank you. And they're like, what? I'm like, adversity equals thank you. When I'm sitting in a hospital for 32 days, so I had a near, I was sitting at a stoplight and you're going to find this very ironic. I get hit at 55 miles an hour sitting at a stoplight by an alcoholic. 30 in the afternoon. Okay. Wow. Five broken. Yeah. But it was okay. Cause what ended up happening is during court, Metatron said to me, he goes, look, do you see what's happening? We gave you the opportunity. This is now balancing the karmic debt child growing up in a violent alcoholic family and having no voice. Now you have a voice. So it was like that whole thing in court was an opportunity for me to ensure that this man either stayed sober or he's going to be put in jail. And he had two small children, babies and a wife. And I realized, wow, that was one of the things that came out of the accident. There were a lot of things. That's what's in the first book. 
But when you think about it, people said to me, weren't you angry? Weren't you just furious? Weren't you upset? Weren't you this? Weren't you? I'm like, how is that going to facilitate my healing of five broken bones in my body with half of my head ripped off? How is that going to facilitate my healing process? It's not. So I just went with it. I trusted spirit. I couldn't even run energy. I was in such bad shape. But I trusted. Adversity equals thank you. Everything happens for a reason. Everything is in divine order. And the sooner that people embrace it and they accept it and they are grateful for it, the happier they're going to be. <laughs> That's all there is to it. If you keep fighting it, if you keep denying it, if you keep going against the flow of the energy, it's not going to be a good experience. Just go with it, you know, just go with it. It's fine. Surrender, man. Just surrender. It's life's much easier that way. I'm sure you find that. Just surrender. Put it out there. Co-create with spirit. Ask for help and surrender. Surrender to whatever is for your best and know that they have your best at heart, period. That's all there is to it. So, you know, who could want anything else? You're covered. That's what I tell people. You're covered. Trust me, you're covered. Okay. It's okay. Everything's fine. So that's the other thing. I don't know if, if you, if you do this with your sessions, but I try to connect people with their ascended masters and their archangels that are with them so that they can finally start to create that relationship with spirit, that energetic relationship where they can receive guidance and open to their intuitiveness and open to their hearts. And the archangels that were with them when they made their blueprint. So they're well aware of, what you need to do here and what you said you wanted to do here. And they're standing around waiting to assist you to help you with that, but they can't unless you ask because they're not allowed to interfere with your free will. So you have to ask. So I also people, you know, if, if you're not going to connect with me, ask, just ask yourself, you know, who are my ascended masters? Who are my archangels that are with me right now? And you will eventually, you will be guided to who is with you for the help that you need. Right? Right. Yes. And it's way easier to do it with your healing team than think you have to do it well, on your own, right? I couldn't even imagine. Okay. I, I don't even know what that would look like. I don't want to know what that would look like. I mean, I think I've been with my team in spirit for consciously having a full knowledge of who is with me for probably about 15 years. Um, I know they were with me as a child, but um, you know, that was when you would talk about stuff like that. Like I remember I thought I saw Archangel Michael one time I had an experience as a child and I left my body and I told my mother about it and she flipped out. Right. Cause we were very staunch Catholics and I think that happens to a lot of us too. You know, when we're children, that is not encouraged. So you'll spend your, your twenties and thirties searching for that to reconnect to that all over again, because in essence, that's who you are. You are a spirit in a physical body. You're not a physical body trying to be spiritual as it's based in religion. 
So yes, if you can connect with your team in spirit, life totally and completely changes, but they also have to be fully aware of the signs, right? I mean, you learn, you remember like when we first started and they would show us stuff or they would show you a license. They would they they find a way, <laughs> they find a way to get through to you and to guide you in the right direction. But you have to ask and, and you got to pay attention, right? You got to pay attention to what's going on. That's all. Yes, you do. And I definitely think one of the biggest things that's important too with forgiveness is um, you have got to live. If you're going to do this work and you're going to heal, it has to be done from your heart space. There is no other way to do this. It cannot be logically released. It cannot be thought away. This is totally, you know, where your soul resides and the depths of your heart and really getting in touch with love and honoring and acceptance and gratitude. And, you know, when you think about those things, gratitude, particularly surrender and gratitude, if you go into that heart space and, you know, I'd encourage everybody, the heart math Institute has been around. And these are scientists that have discovered the spiritual aspect of the heart. It's an amazing group. They're in California. They've been around since the 80s. It's called the Heart Math Institute. They're all about creating coherence, global coherence through the energy and vibration of the heart, of getting people into that heart space, of people teaching groups, groups making it communities, communities making it countries. Um, that's how we're going to change things. It has to come from the heart and from love and gratitude. And when you think about it, if you come at everything with love and gratitude and acceptance and surrender to everything being in divine order, do you really have anything to forgive? Is there really anything to forgive then if you come from that space? That's so true. <laughs> yeah, if you have that perspective, it's life-changing. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. There's nothing to forgive because I am grateful. I asked for it. I wanted it. I learned from it. I became a better person. I'm stronger. Thank you. <laughs> so what is there to forgive? It's kind of funny, you know, but it's just a matter of the, the reason that I think the forgiveness workshop is so important is to get people past the ego, the human condition, the social agreement, the self-righteousness, um, that's so pervasive here on our planet, unfortunately. And once we can get over that hump and we can get past those egotistical ways of being is when we're really, really going to start to see a planet that's filled with, you know, love for everyone and protection for everyone and no one's hungry and no one's hurting anyone else. And, the only way that's happening is through the heart space and through stepping out of the ego and really stepping into the higher self. So I think that's why the importance of the book being written was done to get us past the hump of third dimensional ego thinking and 
you know, to steer us towards the healing and creating of, of the golden age here on the planet, which I think is coming in the next 10 years. So we got a lot of work to do, but <laughs> hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> we just yes, keep working at it. Right? <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot of work to do. There's a lot going on. Uh, for the last couple of years, but I think it was also a swift kick in the pants for everybody, right? To have a different perspective, yeah. to do the inner yeah. work, to, yeah. you know, focus on the heart and compassion and kind of yeah. reassess our lives. Exactly. Right. That's exactly why it happened. Now, how many of us did that? I don't know. I can't speak for anybody. <laughs> how many people took that opportunity? to, you know, really look at what are your priorities in your life? What's important to you and what's not? You're stuck in the house with your family on lockdown. I think you had, you know, and I had a podcast at that time and I kept telling people, look, you know, this is such an opportunity, such a blessed opportunity, taking you out of the energy and putting it in your family energy and your opportunity to start to learn how to meditate Maybe, you know, do yoga as a family in front of the television, um, start a prayer circle. There's so, so many things for you to look at as far as what is the priority in your life. Um, so I, I think that, that the last two years has had people change their perspective about what's important. But what I'm also seeing too, which I think is a good thing, is that, and people don't realize that people that are still very rooted in third dimensional energy, they've tried to go back to doing what they always did to distract themselves. Okay. And I go, go drink. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to go here. I'm going to run there. I'm going to be running around. I'm going to, what I'm finding is because I can feel it energetically is that that's not working anymore for them. And I understand it's scary and I understand it's hard to not really get why it's happening. But again, you know, we all know going into the heart space, the reason it's happening is your healing, your power does not come from outside of you. And you cannot distract yourself with anything that's going to make this any better anymore. This is a push by spirit to have you go inside and do your inner work and understand that this is where your power lies within you, nowhere else, and in the present moment. So I think we're moving towards that. I think people are, are seeing that and feeling that and, and they're a little disturbed that the things that used to work are no longer working. But you know that's how we make progress, right? If they still worked, would we be making progress? No. We'd still be doing what we was doing. We were doing before this happened, and we can't do that anymore. We can't. It's it's um, very destructive. It's not loving. It's not kind. Um, I don't I don't see it helping too many people the way we used to do things. So this is all about creation. You know, people should be excited. It's all about creating a new way of being, a new way of doing things here. Um, accommodating, loving, forgiving, kindness. That's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful. And most of us have had, um, you know, a life that has, has been traumatic or has been rough or we've been mistreated or not loved or 
well, you know what? Here's a deal. You get to choose. Do you want that to change or do you want to just sit in it? That's basically where we're at. Do you want to become a part of the creation of the new earth, of the new earth energies, of the golden age here? Do you want to be a part of that? Or are you too committed to just being right, sitting in your stuff, and that's where you're going to stay? And that's okay. I mean, we'll love you anyway. We're going to love you no matter what you choose to do. But really, I don't know, Liz, what do you think? I think that's the two choices on the table right now. Yeah, I think so too. And it's way better than what it was in the past where we didn't face our emotions. We didn't face what was going on in our lives. We, you know, tried to stuff it down. We didn't have conversations. We held on to our wounds. You know, we functioned out of victim. I think that it's way healthier for us now, you know, taking responsibility for what we're creating in our lives and not yeah, not holding on to these things, working on these things as we go along. It's way better than what it was in the past. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you and I that are committed. This is our life's work, you know, just to see that change, right? To see that shift and to see that change and to see that we are progressing as humanity. We are progressing as past the human condition. Um which is, it's, it is exciting. It's beautiful and it's exciting. And I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Cause it's what I came here for. <laughs> we'll see what the next book's going to be from spirit, but you know, it's why I'm here. Otherwise I wouldn't have come back here. It's just, it's such a special time. It's an important time. And I think that the other thing that I feel everybody, I'd like everybody to really look at is now that we are taking personal responsibility and feeling our feelings and healing those feelings and, and doing what needs to be done, I am really, really encouraging people. The way that things are going to change here also is to allow other people, their, their opinions, um, they come from different experience. They come from a different place. They might even come from a different country where attitudes are different. And one of the most important things that I feel we need to work on here is community, global community. And I'm talking about, can we sit down at a table at a grassroots level, not politicians? I am not talking about politics. If I had my way, there wouldn't be any, okay? We're, we're smart enough people that we don't need to be governed by anyone, okay? So to me, if we can, through love and forgiveness and healing, start to sit as grassroots community within every town, start a movement, love each other. How can I help my neighbor? Is there an elderly, elderly person in the neighborhood that needs me to cut their grass? Just... And then start to talk about the major social issues that we confront, especially in this country. Um, those things need to, to, at a grass level, be addressed by the people, by the people of this country, not by the government, not by politics, by the people. It, it, this is who we are. This is our. This is where we're we're living. This is our space, and that's part of 
being empowered, right? That's part of empowerment. That's not a victim. Oh, well, the government's doing that. Oh, I'm not talking to you about that. I'm talking about you as a sovereign, powerful human being and you being capable of amazing, incredible things. And when we can come together, like we were in Atlantis, for example, together and love and support, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful place again here. And I can't wait to see it. I'm really looking forward to it. (laughs) Me too. I can't wait for that day to come because it'd be so nice to be able to just sit down and work out our issues, you know, whether you know, you make this choice or that choice, or you follow that group or that group, whatever, you know, just listen and hear and understand and accept, you know, that's really all it takes and just coexist together. It's all it takes. I mean, if you really looked at, at the deep pain that most people endure, so many of my people don't feel like they're heard. They're not heard. Okay. They haven't been heard since they were children. So to, and everybody wants to be heard. Everybody has something to contribute. That's what we're all here for is to contribute to each other, to serve each other. So when you cut somebody off or you allow any type of an entity or, or occurrence to create a separation between human beings, no, it's not gonna work. We can't allow that anymore. We're all here. We're all it's time that we, we hear each other, we feel each other, we honor each other, right? We honor each other's feelings, no matter whether you agree with it or not, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's an honoring. And then even if I think you would agree with me, Liz, even if you're at a table with somebody and you had a big group together and you and I are sitting on, I'm on one end and you're on the other. There's some guy that's just got a way out opinion, right? And then another guy at the other end of the table feels completely opposite of what he he's feeling. Don't you think that we're fully capable as sovereign beings to come to some midpoint of agreement with each other on things that could work for everyone? Yeah, you would think. Not, not for a lot. You wouldn't you think? I mean, come on. Are we that disconnected? I'm hoping not. I'm hoping we're not. Because yeah, that's, we, you know, that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah, I agree. We need to come together and work as a group instead of against each other. Absolutely. You know, and, and quite frankly, the powers that be are the ones that have intentionally caused these separations. Um so that we're not powerful. So if we personally can, can, can get past those separations and what we've been taught and what we've been told, which the majority isn't even true, um, then that's when you're really going to see power from people. That's when you're really going to see how powerful people can be to change things is when we stop allowing other things to separate. Opinions, our upbringing, what we've been told, all of it, all of it. Because it's not fair to judge any group of people. It's not fair to judge, make general sweeping 
rationalizations about people because of one thing that you've been told or one thing that happened and you're judging a whole group of people or a whole race of people or a whole country of people, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's just crazy. You need to sit down and everybody has something to contribute. Everybody. It didn't say you're going to like it, but everybody has something to contribute. So I think that, you know, the work that you and I do here is of extreme importance because individually we are helping people to heal the deep emotional trauma that they endured that has them think a certain way, be a certain way, be stuck in a certain way, uh, separate them from each other. So it's beautiful because we have the honor of helping them facilitate that healing so they can love people again. Love each other, love community, love whatever. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And I wouldn't be here doing anything else because why would I bother? I'd rather much rather live in that kind of a world than the other, right? It's time for, it's time for a lot of change. And I'm really, you know, happy to see all the people that are stepping up for change. I think it's a very important time in our lives right now. And we're going to see continued growth for sure. Major. Yeah. And speaking of continued growth, is there anything that you would like um, to share as we wrap up in the end that maybe you haven't shared that would be along those lines? You know, it really is, you know, ultimate freedom lies in taking responsibility for your life. Right. And I think that's what your book is about. do and the work that you do is about that period because a lot of people this is the only thing i'm going to say people are fearful of us sometimes um and the only reason they're fearful is is because it's something they don't know or maybe they've been told things about healing or they've been told things about you know metaphysics or whatever okay here's the deal if you truly truly are on a afraid don't be afraid just go to a go to a healer find a healer find an energy worker find an intuitive channel find somebody that you feel is that you you vibrate with you feel good with that person um I just want to keep encouraging people, don't be afraid, turn off the television, turn off the news, stop listening to that garbage and start to create a life that you love. And along those lines, you are in charge of your life. Nobody else. This is your life. Take control of it. Get rid of the negatives and find somebody that can facilitate and help you walk at your side with love for healing purposes. That's all. Don't be afraid. That's all I really want to tell people. There's nothing to be afraid of. This is a path that, yes, it's painful, but your whole life will be painful if if you don't get past this stuff. So on the other side of the painfulness is the joy and the love and your reason for being here. 
So I encourage you to love yourself enough, do what you need to do for yourself and know that we are here to support that. And that's it. I love that, Kat. That's great. And how can people reach you? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of ways to reach me, right? Um, WellnessSanctuary.net is my website. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, Wellness at Wellness Sanctuary. I'm on Instagram, Kat Baldwin Wellness Sanctuary. My phone number, I'd be happy to give you my phone number. It's 815. 263-4537. Feel free to text me. I am here to support everybody, whether they're, you know, within close range of me or need Zoom or need a phone call or whatever. It's all good. It's, it's the one plus of technology, right? It's there for us and it works. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you would like to leave our audience with today before we part? Just that's it. Love and light. (laughs) Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. It's been so great to have you and I've really enjoyed our conversation and hope that our audience does too. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And thanks to talk to you again. I would love that. And thank you for joining us, everyone. Again, this is Raise the Vibe with Liz, and I'm your host, Liz Peterson. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Raise the Vibe with Liz. And my website is lizlizhealingtouch.com. So get out there and raise the vibe, everybody. Have a great day, and thank you for joining us. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.